You're Brittany Ashley. And you're Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, a podcast where we rewatch episodes of Daria and relate it to our current world. Kevin has a busted up face. He's got a black eye and a hairy mole. It's a social experiment. He's got some stuff in his mouth. Brittany thinks it's gross. Not me. Other Brittany. <laughs> I'm accepting of all differences. I don't know. Brittany just read me some problematic shit she wrote when she was 14. I was 14! It's okay. I I, I definitely had, like, we talked about this before, but a lot of notes calling girls lesbians when I was right. 14 and younger. Well... Okay, to my credit, I was 14 and knew what an interracial relationship is, though I called it an interracial relationship. But I, like, had that realization. Yeah, in the course of your journals. Yeah. It was pretty cool to witness. And if you want to witness it, we have as one of our perks on our Patreon various journals and notes from our middle school, junior high, high school days. And listen... I just went back to Chicago to grab all my shit. Laura can attest. I have stuff for the entire series. Like, I have... Goldmine. I have pictures. I have notes. I have shrines. I have cassette tapes. I have... Shrines to boys. Yeah. I have notes with, like, undertones of sexuality. I have, like, passive-aggressive notes. I have notes where I was in fights with girls. Where's that... Can I read that little thing between you and your boyfriend? Where is it? No, you want to save it for a perk? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, God. I had an entire... It was a contract. It was a handwritten contract. It was a contract. About your relationship with him. Yeah. And also, I had a fucking entire box dedicated to our relationship. There was chocolates in there that he got for me for Valentine's Day that have been in that box for 10 years. I had, like, flowers that have been wilted for 10 years. I had notes that were so, oh, God. It was really sad to look back on that and be like, damn. Does it make you feel like in present day less wanting to save things like that? I was just very, I think I very much romanticized like ending up with your high school sweetheart when I was in high school. And then obviously, you know, I learned for myself that it was best for me to figure out who I was, obviously, because otherwise, whew, poor guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you still in touch with him? No. No, I'm not. And badly. I mean, I don't I wasn't really there when he figured out that I was gay. He is someone that I would possibly put in the toxic masculine category. Mm. Whereas I think that he probably felt very emasculated by me coming out. And that's just not something I have fucking time for. You know what I mean? I have been aftermath. Yeah, yeah, I just don't really have time to, like, apologize for my sexuality to someone that I, like, was dating when I was 17. If I ever saw him in life, we would probably be like, oh, my God, so good to see you. Like, we obviously got along. We dated for two years. But, like, it's not my job to make you feel like you should accept a gay person that you dated once. You know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. I would be so happy if someone that I dated, you know. Turned out to be gay. <laughs> I realize now. <laughs> And most people that I've dated have, uh, well, that's most tough. Most of the men are gay guys? No. No, I meant, like, women. Um, because a lot of them identified as straight when we were dating. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up being gay. Hey, good for them. Well, right. <laughs> because then you get to justify it as you turned them. Or, no, or like, I, I think I... Not that I believe in that, but you know Right. What I, mean? Like, I mean, I used to. I think that, like, my college years, I loved saying that I turned women. Mm-hmm. And then looking back, it's it was just a really gross thing to say. Yeah, no, that's absolutely not how it works. But you understand what I'm saying. Like, you'd totally. be coming from the orientation of 
you opened them to up up to something that then became their identity versus you were the last person that they ever slept with before realizing they wanted something the opposite. Right. I mean, yeah. we could also get your your guy. Yeah, what about him? We could also Do you think that he would be emasculated? No, I mean, he knew that I had dated a woman before mm-hmm. him and like we would have conversations about like he was like, "So I have some lesbian friends who talk about how Sex with women is so objectively better, and why do you think that is? And, you know, we had the whole talk. Yeah, like, we spoke openly. But he was definitely one of those men who was completely comfortable with the queerness of the woman they're dating. But, you know, it would be the type of thing where we'd be out at parties, and he'd use it as an excuse to, like, openly check out women in front of Mm, me and be like... Hey, you know, like thinking it was going to lead to a threesome eventually. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Yeah, it's super gross. Um, and by kinda, I mean super. Yeah, and it's not that I discouraged it. At the time, I think I was new. I had only dated one woman, and I was still figuring myself out. So I was definitely playing up that part as well. Right. But yeah, when I look back now, it's, it doesn't. It's not my proudest era. Yeah. And listen, I just want to say as a friend. It wasn't me asking about the high school English teacher. It was the fans also asking through me. It was interesting. Was that the fans asking? Was it the fans that had to clarify just now the high school English teacher part? Yes. I had about three fans astrally project through me Mm. and channeled me. I was their medium. And they wanted me to clarify that for the other fans that maybe needed that extra piece. Right. Because they maybe didn't hear that episode. Which you should totally check out. Episode three or episode four. I can't remember which one. I'm not going to help you anymore <laughs> than you've helped yourself. But yeah, there was, there was something else you said about... Holding on to things for 10 years? Yeah. I mean, I've had that experience as well. I didn't mean feelings. I meant like physical... Oh, my feelings always last longer than the physical things. Hmm. Although I do have um, a trunk in my room that is just handwritten letters. Wait, where? Here. Yeah, in your closet? Why do you need to know exactly where it is? Because <laughs> I've never seen a trunk in your room. Like a small, a small trunk. It's a hearty box of letters. And there are some letters between me and this boy in college. What's where... his name? I want to say Noah. Nope. What is it? There was a Noah I went to college with, though. That's um, not shocking. His name was Kyle. Ew. My pilot's name was Kyle the other day. And that made me feel very weird. Wrote a pilot? No, no. I was, wow, get your head out of the industry, Laura. No, I was on a plane. I was like, why are you grossed out by your own pilot? And the pilot was like, I'm Kyle, I'll be your pilot. And I was like, no, get me off this plane. That's a little bit like Jake Morgendorfer, like a dad named Jake. Mm -hmm. A pilot named Kyle. Yeah, that seemed, he sounded way too young to be my pilot. A doctor named Chad. Yeah. Um, no, but Kyle and I wrote letters back and forth for probably two years of college, mostly coming from him, and then I started reciprocating um, really long handwritten letters over the summer as well, but we never spoke a word to each other. I'm very excited for this to be a Patreon incentive. Oh, I don't know. I, I, read, do, I read my problematic 14-year-old journal. Yeah, but this was when I was like 21. 
This wasn't... That was... You're right. It was still another lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, at the very least, read it to you because I'm very curious to revisit. So we had every single class, every single day together. Wow. And still never talked to each other. Damn. And then he... <laughs> and then I started dating my first girlfriend that year and he had a little bit of a breakdown. As Kyle's do. And I'm not sure whether there was a correlation or not. I'm sure. Yeah. So let's get to that episode. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up. Or I might fall. Excuse me. Excuse me. This episode is called Too Cute. And it deals with plastic surgery. Yeah, and plastic surgery in high school. Yeah, my high school, there was definitely plastic surgery. There was not one person that had plastic surgery at my high school that I was aware of. There was one girl who left for Christmas break and came back after Christmas break with significantly larger breasts. This feels like an East Coast thing. No, it was boarding school, so she was an international student. Got it. So she, I think like her family had one house in New York and one house in Mexico City or something. And um, she was a dancer. And so, and I only say Why that. would you get bigger tits if you're a dancer? That's what I'm saying. That's why it was so obvious. She was a um, really big into ballet and she would perform every That's only going to weigh you down, girl. I'm trying to think if there was anything else super obvious during high school. Not that I recall. Yeah. Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, so we started we start the episode with Kevin and his busted up face walking around town trying to talk to people. And then we get to see Sandy, which we haven't seen a ton of Sandy yet. Sandy sounds like this. She is Sandy, the president of the fashion club. It is such an interesting She's not like European though. Yeah. She's just sort of um like Queen slowly and like Queen. Um, Obviously, I'm really trying to do this because yeah. this is the part I played in high school when, when we did Daria the Play. And, you know, I can do Quinn. I'm sure you can. So, um... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I just felt like a child being like, I can do a trick. And you're like, I bet you can, honey. That's that's nice. Um, But she's talking to the three dudes, the Jamie, Jesse, and Joey. Jamie, Jeffy. Joey. And it seems like the guys are into her, but then they're just saying, tell us that part about Quinn again. Yeah, However, you, you can see the tension. You can tell she's annoyed that they want to know about Quinn and aren't really listening to her. Yeah, and this is the first time that I think we really see the rivalry between Quinn and Sandy mm-hmm. to be top fashion club dog. Top bish. And then we meet someone named Brooke, who we haven't met before, who is feeling really insecure. She's merely a vessel for this episode. Yeah. About her new nose and asking the fashion club how it looks. And they're saying it's cute, but not too Too cute. cute. 
And then she asks Quinn's opinion, and she says, oh, it's cute, but, like, in a way that's not convincing. Yeah, and then there's a quote that's, Quinn has very high nose standards. And then Daria takes a look and says, don't worry, it'll grow out. Um, Cut to the Morgendorfer dinner table, and they're talking about plastic surgery, and the parents are rightfully horrified that this is going on at a high school. And Helen has a good point about how, like, it's a double standard, because women in business are judged on their looks, and then she says this really heartbreaking thing. When a woman is elected president, it won't be because she got breast implants, which... (sighs) TBD, Helen, TBD. Also, there was reference to a first woman president... In the last episode, too. Did you catch that? Or did I make that up? I felt like there were In Pinch Sitter? Yeah. Or it may have been when they were making up new stories, when they were, like, mm, rewriting the books. I could see that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a couple in a row of allusions to a hypothetical future lady president. Um, What's your thoughts on plastic surgery? I'm in the camp of women should do whatever they want to their own bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think it's my opinion that certain of those choices are informed by external societal pressures that maybe are so ingrained that we can't even parse out which are fully coming from what we want for ourselves and um, you know, in the, in the pressures that we feel to right. look a certain way. But regardless of where it's coming from, I think if someone desires to change their body, I mean, I have tattoos and the argument could be made that that's an alteration permanently. Right. You know, that is an alteration permanently mm-hmm. of your body. And um, I'm, I'm pretty much ultimately all for personal autonomy if you're not hurting yourself and others. Yeah. I, I always said that I would never get plastic surgery unless it was like facial reconstructive surgery if I got in a car accident or if I had like breast cancer and needed to get a breast removed and like, you know. But, I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be feminists if we didn't believe that every woman has agency over her own body. So, obviously, I feel like, you know, do whatever you want. But I also find it so interesting that voluntary plastic surgery, it's like you understand that there's societal beauty standards and that you're a victim of it. But then you're just going to feed into it because someone's going to see you and be like, oh, fuck, like, they're so beautiful. They have, like, this thing that maybe you got plastic surgery on. And then it maybe makes them feel shitty about themselves. And then maybe makes them get it. It's like feeding right, it's into this vicious cycle. It, yeah. Even if, yeah. No, I see that. Um, so it's interesting because it's yeah. like obviously you do you. Anyone? Maybe I'll probably ch- maybe I'll change my mind. I mean, I think with women in particular, as we age, sadly, you know, a society that's so obsessed with youth and beauty, especially living in Los Angeles, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. You know, when I'm 20 years older and right. that Our starts to fade away. Right now is as privileged as it can get totally. in terms of being on any sort of high horse about changing the way we look when we still have time on our side. Right. In terms of fitting, fitting the kind of societal. Right. So it's possible that <laughs> not I'm... that I'm saying. We totally are like the hottest we are. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I I really like the way women age. No, I like I, that I mean, as well. I, I really like the way that Hey, women... Nicole Kidman says that she's never had any work done. I believe it. That's a little bit of a different case cuz she also has been wealthy and in the public spotlight right, for a yeah. very long time. So she's had access to a certain level of like nutrition and physical upkeep right. and professional help that while not being cosmetic is still not 
the most like natural example of aging. Right. But I feel like a lot of women in my family, like they're really into doing the natural kind of salt and pepper when it comes into their hair. And I really like laugh lines. Like it just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think, I think that women can and do age very gracefully. It's just a different sort of beauty that isn't necessarily cherished culturally or in our media. Right. And I think we'd both obviously feel remiss if we didn't mention that plastic surgery when it comes to trans women is also a thing that I think can... And I think trans it's, men. I mean, or right. procedures. Yeah, I think we're... Yeah. yeah. And talking about like women in particular as we are right now, yeah. I think like if it helps you feel more like yourself and who you feel like plastic surgery can make people feel better about themselves and how they present themselves to the it world. It can make them feel more like themselves. Right. More like their true self. Right. And if that's the case, 100%. I mean, no matter, it's like, it's just not for me to say, like, what's the right reason and what's the not. Right. What What's an unacceptable reason. Mm-hmm. But I think my only, yeah, I think my only issue is, like, if you recognize that societal beauty standards are an issue and then you feed into it, you know what I mean? It's, maybe it's the more yeah. Daria thought or of it Or, like, all. when you think of, like, young children that you love like when I think of my little niece who's about to turn to turn two like I would hate the idea that one day she would want to change her her nose or something and like yeah. get surgery to change her nose because like she's so perfect in my eyes you know it's like totally the, you know someone else's vision of you or you know like even when I got my belly button pierced my mom was like super bummed and I and I was like what mom and she was like I just really hate the idea that the place where you and I were once connected is now punctured. <laughs> oh my God. That's really sweet. I know. None of my, I've, I've had very few family members ever say anything about my tattoos. However, grown men in public feel like it is their spot. Oh, they love it. To say, ah, uh, you're ruining your body with tattoos. Like, what do your parents think? And I think, oh, well, my dad believes that I have agency over my own body. So thank you so much. What's your name? the fuck out of here ron or they'll be like oh what's that and and like think they can like lift the sleeve of your shirt to see, to see the, the rest yeah. yeah Ugh. men am i right <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is something weird about tattoos that strangers just feel like they can go to town one way or the other yeah um but so in this particular i feel like the thesis of this episode is to ultimately present it as problematic especially for someone for young people oh yeah when you're fucking 15 years old and you're already thinking about getting surgery yeah and so quinn gets it's really the first time we see her very openly insecure especially about her about her looks yeah and we 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 learn we see a class with miss barch again and we learn that the reason kevin has looked so jacked up is because she's having him conduct a social experiment to test the different way that people respond to you based on your level of attractiveness and then uh his girlfriend Brittany says don't touch me you freak and Miss Barch tells him that he can't take anything off until she's crushed his ego. Uh, it's just it's just great. So Quinn, because she's feeling kind of like left out of the fashion club, <clears throat> trying to prove that she's deep but also shallow. It's just a weird argument about depth and uh well they density. correlate like uncoolness with being deep in the terms of caring more about the news news and stuff instead of the way you look because you're just too deep for us Quinn exactly so Quinn tricks Daria into going with her to meet a plastic surgeon um so I researched plastic surgery what do you think are the five uh 
most common procedures, surgical procedures for plastic surgery? I'm going to say rhinoplasty. What's that? Nose job. Mm-hmm. Um, boob job. So nose reshaping is number three. Okay. Boob job is number one. You're doing this like family feud style. I am. Okay. Some sort of like tummy tuck or some sort of like fat removal. Liposuction is number two. Okay. So you've got the top three. What are four and five? Lips. Nope. How many guesses do I get? Two more. Okay. Um, I feel like you're not going to get one of them. Something to do with calf? No. But No. So number four is eyelid surgeries to lift oh. sagging eyelids. And number five is facelifts. Oh, okay. And then the um, most common minimally invasive procedure is that 7 million Botox procedures happen in a year. And now Botox is branding itself as um, a migraine treatment. Like during The Bachelor, there were ads for Botox framed as treatment for migraines. So I was like, clever Botox. That is clever. But yeah, 290,000 breast augmentation procedures take place a year. It's a lot of hundreds of thousands. Yeah. So when they go to Dr. Shar, Daria and Quinn go in with her at the same time and she gives this list of all the things that Quinn should change and makes her look kind of like an right. image, like kind of like right. a... It's like this weird like computer. Yeah. Or whatever, the housewives, whatever, yeah. It's like a computer that scans her face and then it edits all the different things based on that. So it's giving her new cheekbones, giving her a chin dimple, giving her cheek dimples, giving her bigger lips, adding a beauty mark and adding blonde hair. And she thinks that she's too cute. And she says it'll cost $6,000 total, which I think today it would be that's, significantly that's higher. That's totally lowballing. Like, add a zero. Right. And then she does the, the assessment to Daria and says it will cost $20,000 and basically just turns her into Quinn. Like, <laughs> she can make her look like Quinn. And Quinn is like, oh, look, you're cute. And then Dr. Shar gives Daria a box for whatever reason. I don't really know remember why she gave her a special box. she says, like, this will help you change your attitude, change your life, and remember that money can make anyone beautiful. That was the wisdom that she left Aria with. And what did she give her in that box? She gave her some some fake boobs, some silicone, squishy boob palettes. Did you know that um, those saline boobs can break? They can burst? Yes. My stepmom gripping your own boob, I know. as you say. My stepmom, one of hers burst. And so she's just gonna get her other one taken out because you have to like it's possible that it could happen again in another like fifteen years. She's like, I don't wanna go through that when I'm like sixty. So right now she has uneven ones? Mm-hmm. Oh. I wouldn't be able to tell, you know, because also that would just be like strange. But yeah, they can burst. And then like you'd have to go through the whole surgery again. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, that sounds fucking awful. Yeah, so then Daria checks in with Jane, and Jane is basically like, wow, that woman was really trying to make you insecure. And then Daria says, you know, again, kind of like the runner throughout the series about Daria's self-esteem. Daria says, yeah, if my self-esteem wasn't so low already, she would have gotten to me. (laughs) And then we see at school the next day that everyone in the fashion club, including Sandy, have gotten nose jobs, have gotten work done on their nose. You're talking so fast. Am I? (laughs) I'm just stoked on this. Totally. Keep going. So, yeah, they all have... um, they all are in recovery and Quinn feels left out. Yeah, she she's like outside her clique. Yeah. That's sad. And it also, it's a theme that's that won't be lost throughout the whole series where 
Quinn kind of is different from the other three girls. Yeah, and another thing that comes up in this moment, which is actually comes up a few times in the episode, which is hilarious, is that Sandy's giving Quinn shit for her outfit. Yeah. She, like, keeps making fun of the outfit that she always wears. Which is hilarious because every character wears the same outfit every time. Right. Like, including Sandy and Mm -hmm. everyone in the fashion club. And then Brooke, she comes back and she's gotten liposuction and lip injections. And then you kind of realize, poor Brooke, she only did this to get into the fashion club. Yeah, and her waist trimmed. And they say not only is she cute now, she's totally cute and super cute. Right. So now Quinn feels, I feel like Quinn feels more peer pressure and feeling left out than she feels insecure about her own beauty. I think it's more like being behind than it is like her own beauty. It's a power struggle. It's a competition. And then at this point, Kevin has like a hunchback and a cane. They're really equating, I mean, Miss Barch in particular is really equating beauty and ugliness to ailments. Because he's like a cane and a hunchback. And and age, yeah. Yeah. But um, he comes to Daria for advice and Daria repeats what Dr. Shar said to her about money making anyone beautiful. And he seems uplifted by that. And then we see later on he's uplifted because he's later pays people to come say hi to him. Yeah. And so then he's popular again. Totally. Um, oh, wait, did you notice the like sexy moment between Daria and Jane? Did I ever? I have it written down right now. I knew I could count on you. Where, yeah, Daria has her, her box of fake boobs outside of her locker. And Daria says, sorry, and Jane says, Daria, don't be shy. Show me your boobs. Hell yeah. Ooh, God, that is some fanfic that... Some fanfic that I'm not going to say I haven't visited even since this podcast started. We could read some of that, too. Well, that's a great idea. Yeah. And then, obviously, Upchuck doesn't know what a boob feels like, so he feels it and he's, like, freaked out. Yeah. Ugh. Fuck that And guy. titillated. So then Quinn decides that she for sure needs a surgery. She tries to convince Daria to, like, get money, saying that she needed human growth hormones. And then she gets the advice to start a fundraiser for herself. And listen, Quinn is just a fucking, like, social genius. Though she fails with getting what she actually wants in this particular instance, she really knows how to appeal to each individual. Like, she's telling the, like, goth chick about how, like, sisterhood is powerful. She's appealing to, like, the dumb, like, jock dudes. She's appealing to Miss Barch. She's just a fucking... Yeah, she works for Angel. She's a politician. But it still fails in this regard. And then finally, it leads to a rather tender moment between Daria and Quinn where Daria's like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you don't need this. You're perfect in terms of the way you look. She said, you've got the looks that make other girls mentally ill. You're perfect. Which all comes back to when Laura shipped Daria and Quinn. Thank you for admitting that you now too see it. I hope you got your rocks off in that moment. The f- I have not looked up that fanfic, I promise. Um, and then... Can we? Yes, after this. Um, and the resolution of the episode is that then things shift back into Quinn's court when Brooke had a nasal relapse where her nose job caved in <laughs> and you could see her brain. Her lips moved all around. Of, all the fat went down to her bottom lip, so she looked like a dog. Quinn said. Well, we solved societal beauty standards. It's been a real joy and a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sick or Sadder World. Per usual, you can find us on Twitter at Sick or Sadder. You can go to our website, 
sixsideofworld.com. We have a Patreon for fun perks if you have a couple dollars you want to send our way. And we have great affection for you. Yeah, we ship you and us.